For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. and roll presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Thursday night draft night as we are coming to you uh, hours, uh, basically an hour after the draft ended. Uh, We are going late into the night on this one, learning about the newest Nuggets selection, uh, who they picked the 26th overall in a big surprise. The Nuggets selected Nashawn Bones Highland out of VCU at 26th overall. He's 20 years old, sophomore, uh, should be a lot of fun, should be very interesting to talk about. And to help me break him down, I am joined by, you know him well, one of the best voices on Denver Stiffs and a senior writer here. He is Gordon Gross at G Money Nuggets on Twitter, uh, G Money Nugs on Twitter, excuse me. Uh, G, uh, how are you, man? What are your initial thoughts? I'm good. I'm good. Um, in any normal draft, this would be an absolute steal at 26. Um, I, I like Bones Highland, so um, it's just so it's a weird draft this year, and the Nuggets had options, and it's not my first choice of an option. So it's one of these weird things where I'm happy to have the player, and I'm not happy that the Nuggets still have the hole that they had when they started the night. Yeah, so let's let's talk about what happened uh, with this draft. Uh, Denver, you, you you started hearing some rumblings that, okay, they might trade up. They might look for a guy. I thought that that was weird uh, over the course of these last couple of days and didn't necessarily expect it, but you never know. Like they, Tim Connolly likes to wheel and deal. Uh, they instead decide to wait until 26. And I had circled a couple prospects. You had circled a couple prospects that you thought, okay, Hey, it looks like these guys are going to be on the board when they ultimately pick. And that is an exciting thing for Denver. Uh, go down, it's 20, 21, 22, and Jaden Springer and Miles McBride, uh, both guys that I thought would be uh, really good defensive prospects for Denver. And I think that you would concur there, right? Like, like these are yeah. these guys that you would hope to improve the defense with, but instead it looks like Denver has gone with a, a bona fide score, a bona fide shooter. Look, it's not the first time, man. Like, every year you and I are like, well, shit, the Nuggets need – like, uh, if only they could get that defensive wing. And they're like, well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to pass an OG Ananobi. We're going to draft, you know, MPJ as a huge offensive baller. We're going to, you know, we're going to go after when we get uh, Jamal Murray. We're going to go draft another offensive player in Malik Beasley and another offensive forward in, you know, Walter Hernan Gomez. Like, we don't draft defenders. Like, that's not a thing. Monte Morris is not a defender like that, you know, was next last year we went when, and we were like, you and I were like, the nuggets are going to have to go defense. They have to, they're going to have to replace Millsap. 
They're going to have to like figure out a defensive anchor. They're going to make this work, right? And the Nuggets right. are like, screw you. We're going with two offensive teams. Like that's that's just apparently the upside that they see the most in. And the Nuggets are an upside drafting team. They do not draft high floor players. They're not interested in this guy can defend a little but might not be able to shoot his way out of a paper bag. That's not their guy. Now, uh, to be fair, I don't believe that either of the any of these defensive options that were there at 26 were one-dimensional defenders. I, I didn't. They weren't Tory Craig's. Um, where you're you're a little worried about spacing, you know, if you draft a defender like that. Um, those weren't those guys. But the Nuggets still looked at it and said, you know what, we we're gonna go op- offensive upside. We're taking a guy who could be a phenomenal scorer, you know, a bench catalyst, um, a replacement for Will Barton, because in my opinion, that's what he is, is Will Barton was too good for the bench role in the sense that he's literally too good for it, um, but also didn't want to do it. Uh, But the Nuggets have a huge need for a sixth man scorer type, um, and Bones Highland is that guy. So... I I'm not really upset with Tim for doing what Tim always does. Like this is at this point, he's been around long enough. We know who he is. Right. You know, this is who he is. It's, it's frustrating in my mind because he and I operate in such completely different ways. As you know, Uh, I am always looking to fill in gaps around what Denver already has. And he's looking to the future. He's looking forward and trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to have gaps going forward in that that may not necessarily show their face right now, but uh, this could be a really good Will Barton replacement. As you said, I I, kind of comped them to a shorter Will Barton with deeper range uh, on Twitter just, just about an hour ago or so. And, and maybe that's true. Maybe that's somebody who really kind of takes off with, with what Denver needs. The Nuggets, um, the Nuggets just pick ballers, man. Like they, they pick hoopers. It's why I will never, for the life of me, understand the Tyler Lydon pick. I will uh, never yeah. understand it <laughs> because it it goes against everything that they have always done, which is to draft hoopers. Like they like guys who eat, breathe, and sleep basketball. They like intelligent players. They like guys who, um, go out there and kill it in the gym, um, on and on the, in the tape room. Honestly. Um, those are their guys. And so the one-year aberration in 2017 aside, that's what they do. And even that year, they picked, you know, Monte Morris, who's an absolute hooper, who, you know, that's uh, he, he eat, breathes, and sleeps basketball. Like, that's who they like. That's why Bones Highland is going to have no trouble fitting in here because he loves to watch film. He loves to get in the gym. He'll be in the gym until you turn the lights off, and then he'll shoot with the lights off. That's who he is. And he'll make all those shots too. Bones Highland can shoot. That kid can score. Yeah. So let's, let's go with the the pros and cons approach here. I think just to kind of introduce people, because I, I am very frustrated because of all the 23 draft profiles that we decided to do at Denver steps. He wasn't just, one of them. Just turns out that the one that they, that we didn't do was, was the one that went 26th overall to Denver. And well, I, and it's I not just, even that we didn't like bones. <laughs> I saw bones. Yeah. I was looking at him, but I figured they would have to trade down to get him. And I didn't want to jinx us. So uh, I didn't do that profile. You know, but it's and, not like we don't know who he is. Yeah, like I, I, I always thought that this draft from about the, uh, the fifteen to forty range 
everybody's about the same. Like you could you could make an it's argument deep. that yeah, like it's it's a very deep draft. You could you could make an argument for about 40 first round grades. And I think that there, there is some truth to that. So uh, let's just go line by line on the scouting report here just to introduce everybody. He's a v, VCU sophomore, 20 years old, uh six foot three, six foot nine wingspan. Those are good measurements, right? Uh problem is that 170 pounds, uh there there's a lot to go for there like i'm a little bit concerned about the weight and we'll get to that really quickly but let's just let's just start uh positives here uh he is a very very great shooter and like his ability to do it in different ways uh both off the bounce off the catch in d are going back doesn't yeah, matter. Just, yeah. Just just is a bucket. Absolute bucket. He's a hooper. The way that all the kids want to talk about it. A hundred percent. He is that guy. Uh, I just didn't expect Denver to need that guy. What do you, what do you <laughs> think about his ability to come in and, and immediately score at the NBA level? Uh, I don't think he'll have a problem with it. Now, he doesn't have huge, like unstoppable athleticism. Um, the the thing with Bones is like his first step is fine, but like once he gets past you, he's not he's not going to I mean they might be built similarly, you know, uh but he's he's not gonna Zach Levine you all the way to the rim and then like dunk in your face. Um like yeah. off of the wrong foot. Like he doesn't have that kind of bounce. His vert was like thirty four inches or something. Like if he he has bounce, but he's got a plan for it. He doesn't have that casual athleticism, that crazy speed. He's good. He's got good speed. Uh, this is this is why he didn't go to a major um, conference. Like the Atlantic Ten's fine, but it's it's not what it was. But part of that is also because he lost a year from breaking his freaking knee, jumping out of a window or from a house fire. Like I mean, hmm. you, you, if you want to talk about uh, you know guys who've overcome stuff, like MPJ missed you know a year, you know he missed his college year and he got hurt in high school and. You know, all that nonsense happened, but he, Bones had to overcome, you know, uh, family member death. He had to overcome being burned in that fire. You know, he injured his shoulder. He wrecked his knee, you know, and this is a guy who was looking at a college scholarship and a clean life you know, ahead of him, Sumu Salen, and uh, had to reassess and double down and get back in the gym and get to work. And he did all of that. So. I don't I don't worry about him from an athletic standpoint or a or a talent standpoint. He has enough athleticism. He he doesn't have crazy athleticism, but I think he has enough. Right. Um like good athlete, not great athlete. Like I I just I think that that will get by at the NBA level. You don't need to be a great athlete anymore to be a great scorer. Like that's that no. that ship has sailed and and it never has really been that way uh because the the great scorers don't need their their athleticism in order to be that way. Uh, they have the technical skills, they have the footwork, they have the ability to kind of yep. uh, the defense on skates without really doing anything at all. So, well, he has good hips, man. Like when you watch him, he switches sides, he switches lead feet, he gets you all go- leaning the wrong way, and then he'll move. Like he will make you wrong foot it to get past you. Um. So he has his ways to do that. And if he doesn't get past you, he'll just shoot in your face. He doesn't care if there's a hand in his face and his arms are longer than your arms. So it's another one of those. Yes, he's six, three, but with six, nine arms where that ball is coming from, because he has a high release. He yeah. very, he wrists it at the top. His, his release is really tall. 
So you're not really bugging him. Um, so I'm not really worried about about uh, him falling short at the NBA level as a scorer. Uh, that is his bag. I expect him to be good at it. That is that is his undeniable plus. Um, the wingspan should also help him in team defense, and he has good enough feet. He doesn't have slow feet. Uh, I'm not that worried about eventually being a good team defender. I'm just not sure that he's going to be – he's not going to be a stopper. Um, but, I mean, Will Barton was pretty decent at defense after a while, and I feel like that's probably what um, Bones is going to be. He shot 39.9% at the college level from three. Uh, the types of threes that he was taking were absurd. No, well, that's uh, yeah, the the, the thirty nine point nine is not like a catch and shoot only at the college arc. That's twenty eight feet with a dude in your face, you know, or like step back with two guys charging you. Like those are those are real threes from the NBA distance, not cheap ass college threes. So here is what uh, Sam Vecini had to say in the athletic draft guide about his ability to shoot. Uh, he's ridiculous three-level scoring weapon with obscene range as a pull-up shooter, a legitimate threat to score it within 35 feet of the basket once he comes across half-court in transition. Uh, made 36% of his shots from behind 27 feet and farther. Yeah. So that is really, really good. And, yeah. and he also uh, made one pull-up three, tr- pull-up transition three per game, hitting them at an absurd 49%. So yeah. He's a guy who is talented, opportunistic, and willing to take those shots because he's a baller. Because he's he's a unafraid. Yeah, he does not care. That's he's one of those city ball city hoopers. Like you know, you if you lose, you have to get off the court. And he's like, yeah, we don't lose. Like you know, that's yeah, that's just that's just <laughs> the way that he is. Yeah, he's it's 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 good to see and and he's a hard worker, he's a gym rat, is a basketball lover. That really matters and it matters to Denver specifically. Um yes. Also as a scorer, uh Sam also notes weirdly high level finisher given his lack of strength, not afraid of contact in any way, knows how to shift gears before pushing off and accelerating towards the rim and Agreed. given his long arms and given his ability like I would describe his driving to the rim as kind of slithering his way to the rim. Uh, He's not quite exploding. He's not quite leaping. I would say he's finding his way into small spaces and just sliding right by the defense. And that that is going to be good enough in most of these cases, especially if he's driving guys out to 28 to 30 feet. Like that is where it starts. Well, that's the thing is, is he will make you cover him the whole way. So he gets to the rim because you're like, oh, shit, that dude's about to pull up in my face. And he's like, yeah, not today. And then he's past the defense and now they have trouble. Um, also saw so some good line. Also saw some good stuff from him as a cutter. Uh, and he was leveraging his ability as a three point shooter, which that should be music to Denver's ears as as somebody who like if he ever gets the opportunity to play with Nikola Jokic, like that's going to have to happen. He's going to have to figure out how to cut. And it's not always going to be about the three. It's and Michael Porter has learned about this a lot. Like it's not always about the three. It's about keeping the defenses honest. Uh, if he can continue to do that, and maybe he's leading a second unit at some points, then that would be really helpful. Well, the nice thing is, is that there should be a point where he will play. And I don't, maybe it's his year. Um, I don't want to put too much on him. He's still young, and he's not a he's not a, a freshman. So that's nice. He's he's not nineteen. He's had 
a couple years, but it's the COVID years. You know what I mean? Like this is a weird yeah. this that you haven't had the kind of training you you would normally have. You haven't had the kind of gym time you would normally have. So it's all up to the the individual player to do their work. And I don't doubt that he's done his work. Um, but he has he has some detriments to overcome, namely the size issue that we'll get into. Um, and also, honestly, um, if he was a point guard, I would have far fewer problems with his game. And he has some good passes. He'll he'll throw like behind the pack, behind the back passes in transition, like you know, in the in traffic. He's not scared, but he doesn't have a he doesn't have a large range of um passing guys open and being the the on-ball point guard directing traffic if he's got the ball he's going to score um and so i he has some work to put in in that area to become a really good combo guard which denver could probably use let's move quickly to the cons here before we go hit a break uh his weight, like we talked about, it's 170 pounds. Uh, just for a reference standpoint, Jamal Murray is listed at 215. He's not a, a big guard by any by any means. He's 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 filled out for sure. He's but solid that's a, now, yeah. That's a 45 pound difference, man. Like that's a lot. Yeah, and that's Jamal Murray. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Um, for defensive purposes, uh, Bones is going to be relying on that length, those six nine arms to like, and he does that anyway. His his issue on defense is a lot uh jumping passing lanes, so he gets steals, but if he's wrong, they get buckets. Like it's not just quick tips, but that's something that the Nuggets can work with. They like guys with long arms who tip passes. So they're gonna have to rely on on those quick hands and less on his body weight because guys will be able to back him down. Especially if he gets switched onto a forward, he's gonna get destroyed. Um, because he yeah. just doesn't weigh anything. Now, the Nuggets are used to this problem with Will Barton, who is, yes, about, what, 15 pounds, maybe 20 pounds heavier? Yeah, I'd, I'd call him I'd call him 20 pounds heavier, but also with some grown man strength. Uh, and that's and that's what we're waiting for Shamit for. Like, basically, Shamit should be able to put on 15 pounds of muscle, you know, <laughs> or get some weight. It's, it's... Uh, it. <laughs> yeah, bones. Bones. Bones Island. <laughs> should be able to put on, like, 15 pounds of muscle. Um, and like he should get his grown man strength in a year or two. Like that should be okay. Um, he should be able to be wiry and hold up, but right now he's not there. Uh, as, as Sam mentions in his, uh, con section for bones, I'm just going to read you this quote about his defense. Um, I, I, this is not doctored. Uh, gets blown by regularly on the ball because of his defensive stance is so poor. And we're not yep. talking about guys taking him off the bounce and blowing up and opening up his stance with a bevy of moves. No, he just gets blown by in a straight line regularly. It's a combination of lacking the strength to stop guys from getting to their spot, but also needing to play with drastically more readiness and bend to be able to slide defensively. Might be a defensive sieve despite having actual off ball instincts. So that's what's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like there there is there is something there with the off-ball instincts and and Sam mentions it in the pros section or the pose god good lord uh, in the pros section of his breakdown is that hey look this is a guy who if given the opportunity he will play the passing lanes and play them well. That's why he racked up a bunch of steals at VCU, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what he does. Uh he's he's happy to to watch off ball he's happy to chase guys around 
like he's not afraid of any of that the problem like like sam said i you, you if you watch him just for you know I, I pulled up some games where you could get like just seeing him on defense a lot it's not great he's not an on-ball defender and the and denver's issue and the reason i had a problem with the pick is that denver needs some on-ball defenders they don't have any like at some point there's going to be a problem you can't roll an entire team out there and be like well we don't have any on-ball defenders one through five, but I'm sure we can make this work. Yeah, it's just not going to work like that. And we'll, we'll get into that in the second segment for sure. Uh, but playmaking is the other weakness that I would probably say, look, 2.1 assists to 3.1 turnovers. Uh, that is not a great sign. And given that he had the ball in his hands as often as he did, I know, I know college is a little bit different and the spacing could be a little bit weird and he's going to turn the ball over a lot because he's a high volume player. Uh, perhaps as he gets better and gets older and gets smarter and continues to learn that will change around. However, if he has a negative assist to turnover ratio in the NBA, he's not going to be a valuable player. Yeah, well, and that's that's really his issue, and I don't expect him to have that. Um, his handle's fine. He's not. He doesn't turn the ball over just by fumbling it to the other team. Like he's he's not just losing the handle. Uh, it, he just tries weird stuff, man. Like he doesn't do the simple pass. Honestly, um, if you watch him, he has highlight reel passes for a mm-hmm. guy who has a negative turnover ratio. That's not good. Don't try the hard pass if you can't handle the easy pass. Um, and, and, and to so be clear, it, like like you talked about, hey, he's he's carrying such a heavy load of VCU, he has to make a bunch of hard passes as they try to win yes. as he's the primary guy. So I, I get it there. No, and, and, and again, he is trying to make a play. Like, he's not afraid of that, but he has work to do to be a primary ball handler um, in the NBA. And, and to be fair, Jamal Murray had work to do in that regard. Um, he came out and his ratio wasn't great either. So, um, I don't, I don't want to say it's not possible. Like Jamal put in the time. He wanted to be a a point guard, not just a combo guard, not just a a shooting guard. Now I don't expect, um, um, the, uh, for bones to be a point guard necessarily, but I mean, in college, Jamal Murray, had a 2.2 assists and 2.3 turnovers. It was even. It wasn't mm-hmm. three, but I mean, based on the amount of of potential passes that is, that's like you know 30 passes. Sure, so, and and he he also had to play off ball with Tyus Jones there. Like there there are some correct. things they, that, there yeah, but it goes they deeper, right? like you said, on. and like there there are a lot of reasons to believe that he can turn this around, and he's not going to just be a negative assist to turnover guy for the rest of his career, especially if he's playing with smart guys. And, and like, cause he sees like, he seems like a smart player who has been playing his entire life has been a hooper and a scorer his entire life. And he will be able to blend some of this stuff. That's some of the things that we talked about with will Yeah, uh, the, the comp that Sam put out there in his draft comp was Jordan Clarkson. Uh, yeah. It's taken a while for Jordan Clarkson to be a helpful NBA player, but he ultimately got around to that point. It was easier for Will Barton immediately. So, like, there is some reason to believe and have faith. Yeah, well, and the thing is, is that his his issues don't seem to come from a lack of awareness necessarily. So, really, for him, it's just body. He's gonna have to work on the body. Um, he has a he has really wide shoulders. 
he should be able to hang some more muscle on that on that frame. Um, like if you look at him, he's he's built bigger than he's um, than he's filled out to. Um, so I don't I don't feel like that should be an issue. Now, hopefully, the Nuggets at some point you know get a real gym and uh, that will help. Yep. Um, <laughs> but you know, with what he's got, uh, the Nuggets have done a pretty good job of of putting muscle on people, whether it's Nikola Jokic or Gary Harris or you know Jamal Murray. Those guys came out young and they built up their bodies. That's just what you do. And and the the Nashawn Bose is going to have to do that. He's not going to be able to to succeed with this frame in the NBA forever. He's going to have to get bigger, which is probably something that will limit him this year. Last thing we do before we hit a break, uh, grade Denver's draft. It, they're only taking Bones Highland at 26. Uh, I sort of expected them to do a little bit more, so I'm going to give them a C. Uh, I still struggle to believe that that Bones is going to ultimately contribute at a high level to Denver's championship hopes, but I could be wrong, and I'm willing to be proven wrong here. Well, I, I gave them a B. It was uh, the thing is getting if they get a six man candidate out of the 26 pick in the draft, that's a raging success. Sure. Um, sure. My you know my my issue is grading on a curve for the Nuggets could have met a a need for this year, and the Sean is a need going forward. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to play it by ear and see how he continues to develop. I'm excited to watch him in summer league. That is something that I'm going to, I'm going to love seeing him every, every time he gets on a court, uh, your uh, fans should watch. Like he's going to be fun. The guy, he just knows how to play basketball. It should be a good time. Um, it's should just, that it doesn't fix all of Denver's problems. That's all. Marcus Howard, uh, despite the fact that he's not signed by Denver, uh, Ball Bull, despite the fact that Tim was a little bit uh, tentative about whether he was going to play summer league or not. Uh, yeah, at least at least we'll have Zeke Nagy for a couple games. We'll see. Zeke, he'll, <laughs> Zeke will show up in Vegas, have a good time. <laughs> should be should be very interesting. Okay, hey, let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to kind of pivot to where the Nuggets stand right now. Uh, talk about the everything kind of leading up into free agency and where they go from here. We'll be right back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love. Uh, if you can, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That has really helped grow the program. Uh, thank you to Gordon Gross for joining me on this late night. Uh, it is very late. We are all very tired here at Denver Stiffs. And frankly, a little annoyed that we did 23 draft profiles and not one of them. And none of them was for this. Yeah. It's like we did the same with Zeke Naji last year. And it was just, yep. it's it's honestly demeaning <laughs> to me. Like, like I, I, I clearly have no idea what I'm talking about anymore at this stage. Well, the, well the problem that you probably run into with these drafts, the last two drafts, last draft was a flat draft. So you can't be like, man, there's only about 10 guys I'd want. Same with this draft. You're like, well, crap, I'm drafting at 25, but that could be anybody from 15 to 40. So we yeah. just didn't grab the guy. And that's, I mean, that's the risk in these drafts. It's it's not like the Nuggets seem to be terrible at that. They got RJ Hampton last year, and he was, you know, good enough that 
um, the uh, Orlando Magic, we're happy to take him off our hands. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how Orlando the Magic. Could, they are there, very yeah. uh, intriguing, is what I will say. Now they've been intriguing before and they've messed it up. So I'm hoping that they stay intriguing and actually good this time. Yeah, we will. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. That one Fingers is a little crossed. Bit Orlando yeah. fans deserve better. So I'm, I'm hopeful Kings they fans. I got nothing do. for you. <laughs> Sorry, Kings. Uh, we'll see. Uh, okay. So let's get into this for Denver. Uh, they now stand at 11 players. Uh, they had 10 going into tonight and they drafted their 11th. This was expected. They drafted him at 26th. And as somebody who has been paying attention to this a lot and thinking that Denver, they have some big chance, they have some big choices, they have some big contract decisions, some big moves that are could potentially be coming up over the course of the next few days in free agency. Uh, it's important to talk about it. They are currently at 105 million with 11 players. That is to be expected. Uh, what is up for debate here, they have four roster spots left. They have two two-way spots left, with don't, which don't count as the roster spots. Uh, and they have seven free agents. They have Will Barton, Jamichael Green, Paul Millsap, JaVale McGee, Austin Rivers, Shaq Harrison, and Marcus Howard. Uh, it sounds like they want to bring back Marcus Howard, like given everything that's come out about him, given everything that they've talked about. I doubt that he would come back on a two-way, which means that he's probably coming back on a full-time deal. Does that sound about right? Probably, and I'm a little – I I like Marcus Howard, but I'm a little surprised that they would bring him back on potentially like the, the Dozier special or the Monty special where that's – you get the guy for the two years plus one probably. Yeah, um, just it, – it's especially just given that they drafted Bones Island – uh, yeah, that that's seems the like... role for Marcus Howard. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, so... that, <laughs> but the, I mean, because the, the thing is, is that Marcus also isn't a point guard. Marcus is a shooting guard. Like he can play <laughs> he's, point. He's five ten. <laughs> he's five ten. But he's a shooting guard. Like don't don't yeah. mess around. That guy is a baller, and he will shoot you out of the gym. Just understand, he's doing it at five ten in the two guard role. So since they just drafted a dude for that. My assumption will be that Marcus would not be back, but the Nuggets have confused me before with their choices with short guards. So I I, I can't really say. Um, I will say that I, I kind of expect JaVale to be back just because they need a big who's not mad about not getting minutes, and JaVale seems not to care. I, not that he's not into the games. He is. but really? that he's Very a, into the games. Yeah. But that that he seems to be okay with getting some DNPs without it hurting his brain, and we're un, unlike some other players in the league. So if he can be cool with the fact that, you know, yes, uh, Jokic is playing giant minutes, and you may only get five ten minutes here and there, then that seems fine. Like you need, you're gonna have to get a big, and it's nice to have the alternate plan of a big who can block shots and run the floor, and who likes playing for Denver, like. These are good things. So I kind of actually expect them to work something out with JaVale. Um, uh, if they work it out with Marcus, I would be a little surprised, but not shocked. I mean, they, they last year I was a little surprised by the way that the guards went, and they have a different view of their guard situation than I do. 
Um, they've also they've also carried for for the end of until the end of time. They have carried a million point guards and a million power yep. forwards. So like yep. it, like they've still got Zeke Naji, Bol Bol, and Vlaco Chanchar on the roster, and so like that that kind of limits the flexibility a little bit. So I wonder if maybe maybe I'm overstepping it with Marcus Howard coming back. Maybe I'm overstepping it with Bol Bol being on the roster. Maybe there are some things that they are going to pivot to and try to try to change around and maybe reshuffle the deck a little bit. Uh, but we usually get ahead of ourselves in Denver Lakes continuity. So there's also that point. Yeah. And the problem is, is uh, with Will Barton opting out and um, uh, Green opting out, you've got, you've got an issue where you probably need one of those guys back. From a continuity aspect, from a this guy has earned rotation minutes and we know where he fits in the rotation aspect, and they didn't get a replacement for um, Jermichael Green, and they did get one for Barton, so they may bring Green back. He should also be cheaper than Barton. To be fair, they also got a long-term replacement for Barton, and not not necessarily the a short immediate one. one. Yeah, yeah, but if you're gonna so- be, if you're bringing but if you're bringing Howard back again as a scorer, like your your problem is uh, they don't have that that two guard yet i i feel like the two guard is still on the on the free agent market they're or in trade they're gonna have to add one uh i'm still looking at somebody like alec burks who can play defense and can hit a three like you know like that sort of thing fits you know he has some colorado ties that would make it easier to to talk him into coming back you know um and he's at the point in his career where he'd love to go ahead and you know be on some winning squads or in the playoffs so Maybe that works for him. Maybe this is the point at which Denver finally gets to start signing some guys who help them <laughs> and who want to come here because Denver is a good destination to go if you are a guy over 30 who wants to be on a good playoff team. The problem that you're going to run into and the problem that Denver will run into is that they are currently over the cap. Uh, yep. Or, well, they're, they're not over the cap right now, but they will operate they as will an over-the-cap yes. team. Uh, if they're going to bring back any of these guys, whether it's Barton, Green, Millsap, McGee rivers, like it's going to, it's going to drive them to the point where using their cap space is not a great idea. Not using their cap space potentially opens up the mid-level exception, which is about 9.5 million. Uh, It's their biggest bargaining chip in terms of adding a new guy, whether it goes to a guy like Alec Burks or somebody I've named consistently Reggie Bullock or potentially even like like Danny green of the Philadelphia 76ers. Like that would be a great guy. Yeah. yeah, like he's he's been helpful for a lot of teams. And I think like he he actually like there was a stat that John Hollinger shared. He's the biggest Danny Green fan out there because of his uh hypothetical like RPM value basically. But yeah, uh Danny Green has not lost a playoff series since 2017, <clears throat> I think the number was. Like while he was on the floor, which is right. incredible to me. <laughs> like that's that is a a a very strong track record in my opinion. Um, but we're going to have to see, we're going to have to see what goes on with Denver and how they continue to, uh, figure out this roster, just breaking it down by position right now. You've got an injured Murray. Uh, you have Monte Morris who likely fill in as the starter. You've got Faku Kampazu behind him. Uh, nobody behind them. So that's, that's the only two guys at the point or three guys at the point guard position right now. Uh, right now you don't have Will Barton, PJ Dozier is as the starter. And you have uh, Bones Highland as the immediate backup. That's yep. where you're at. Um, you have Michael Porter as the starter at small forward. You have, 
I guess Flacco Chanchar is the backup there. You have Aaron Gordon as the starter at power forward, and you have Bull Bull as the backup there. Uh, and you have Nikola Jokic as the starting center, and you have Zeke Naji as the backup there. So there are a lot of holes to fill. Yep. And I would be shocked, just absolutely flabbergasted, if Denver just brought back the same core. Like, I really do think that they're going to switch some things up. It would really I don't know how much they, they can didn't. switch up, man. Like, if you look at it, I'm not sure what they get to switch up. Like, this is the issue with where they're at, is they don't have any picks to trade. Um, they just traded them all for Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fine as long as that works. Um, but uh, I would expect them to bring back um, probably uh, they're going to want one more power forward um, and you're going to want another guard. You can probably get the guard in free agency. They also do have a trade exception. Um, they could fit somebody into, but it's not going to be a great player. It's not a big trade exception. Um, yeah, you're looking at like a, a, a ninth or 10th man with something like that just yeah, to, to yeah. round out yeah. the rotation. A, a, guy, a guy who can who can fill rotation minutes if stuff happens to other people. Like, you know, if, if PJ Dozier goes on the DL or on the, you know, 15 day again, if he, if he winds up injured, he's out for two weeks, then you're going to wind up and, and need, you know, another sort of two, three to play for you. Um, and so you're going to want to have that guy already. You're not going to have to go find that guy if he goes down or play Faku as your two. Yeah. Or three. And why should they play him as a three? Like, <laughs> I mean, the Nuggets. The Nuggets do not have a good injury history. They do not have a good history of keeping everybody on the floor. You know, whether it's Gary Harris, Will Barton, PJ Dozier, you know, they have not been able to keep their guard rotation out there. So you're going to have to figure something out, and you're going to need backups on the on the roster. That's just how it is. And you're going to have to hope that nothing ever happens to Jokic. You know, that guy better keep playing 81 games a year. I think that. Um... They're probably going to bring back at least one of Green, Millsap, McGee, uh, one of the three. Uh, I would. At least, I thought yeah. it was going to be Green. I would probably now lean away from that, uh, given just just the vibe that I'm getting from that whole situation. Okay. Uh, Millsap, he's 36. Uh, he can still play, but if you're asking him to play more than 15 minutes a night, that's probably the wrong thing to do. Uh, so maybe he comes back on another one-year deal. We will see. Uh, JaVale McGee, I think, like, like you said, is probably the most likely to come back because they need a legitimate backup for Nikola Jokic. They already have one on the roster. If they give JaVale McGee a one-year $5 million deal, which they definitely can, like, or maybe it's two years, $10 million with a player option or a team option or something like that, then you can make that work. And I think JaVale would be happy with that, and he would get – more consistent minutes now that if, if Millsap and green weren't on the roster, then that's something that Denver should probably consider. But I don't know, man, I'm still looking, I'm looking at what Denver has. I'm looking at the 11 guys that they current currently have on their roster. You've got Jokic, Murray, Gordon, Morris, Porter, those five. I could, I'm definitely locked in on them being there. Faku. I doubt that they trade him after one year in the league. Zeke, yep. like you said, like I, I, they want him to be around. Uh, Bones Highland, PJ Dozier, I think that those guys are going to be there. Vlaco Chanchar, 
They like him a lot. Like, and he's Jokic's guy. Like, I would be surprised if he wasn't there. Yeah. Even if he's a team mascot, he's going to be there. Like, that's just, it doesn't matter. He's, he's important to the way, to the chemistry that they have. The only one that I would consider potentially on the roster being moved is Bull Bull. And we've, we've documented that consistently. That's probably like, like a team has to love him in order to potentially try him out. And we'll see if they do. Yeah, they don't have to love him. They just have to like the Nuggets have to be willing to take like a top fifty-five protected second for him. Which, like at this point, like if you clear two point one million, you yeah. give yourself a little bit more flexibility to sign some of these other guys. That's probably the right call. If you're not gonna play him, he doesn't do you any good. Like that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, when the Nuggets lost four forwards and wouldn't play him, I'm pretty sure that that told you where they were at. They're like, nope. So that's fine, but then you should move him and free up the roster spot because you need it. Yeah. PJ is currently penciled in as the starting shooting guard. I can't see them going into camp with him being the starter, despite the fact that I like PJ. I think he's very good. If you're also starting Monte, I've come around to the fact that you probably need a little bit more juice there. Like it's probably you've got to. Yeah, you like know. despite the fact that PJ would really help with the defense, and that's that's a guy that you can count on to be the the primary point you, defender. You like him better on defense than I do. Like he's fine, but I don't think he's the defender that you think that he is. But yeah. that said, he's better than anybody else they got. So <laughs> yeah. that's not a high bar to clear. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like when you're like, well, he looks way better. I'm like, well, yes, but that's not necessarily a reflection of him. That's more a reflection of everyone else. Fair. Uh, is there another defender out there that you, that you could see Denver going after uh, from a guard perspective that could start at the two potentially? Like I said, my guy's Burks. So I think he's gettable. Um, not really a defender, uh, but just like a, a scoring replacement there. He's a scoring replacement and he's okay on defense. He's not the defender that like Bullock is. Like yeah. Bullock is legit. Um, Burks just tries hard. Okay. And at this point, like if you're just trying to get through the year and maybe you pivot to a more long-term situation at some point, then I don't maybe think that's they, what you I do. don't think they have a long-term, I don't think they have a long-term solution this year. I think they literally are trying to make it through the year until Murray gets back and then they'll figure something out. Now, my problem with that is I don't think they're going to have any money to figure it out with. So this was why this draft, they should have drafted a defender because there were defenders there and then they'd have the position locked up for four years for cheap. Yeah. And now they don't have that. So it's, 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 we come back around to the, when you're building a team, getting the pieces to fit correctly is something you need. And right now the Nuggets have like six scoring guards and like no defending guards. And that's a problem. Definitely a problem. Uh, But we will keep everybody updated for sure. Uh, I am very curious to see how Denver handles this because they have a lot of questions to answer and a lot of holes to fill for sure. Um, yeah, this uh, is not the end of the offseason. This is <clears throat> this is the first volley, and the first volley is Denver got a scoring like guard for the bench. Great. That 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 is it. They didn't have one, so that helps. Now you're going to have to go figure out your defensive issues, both at power forward uh, for backup certainly. Um, you know, and also at guard and backup center, like, like if JVL solve the backup center problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, if, if you are worried about Nikola Jokic playing heavy minutes again, 
you should probably go find somebody who can defend the, the five position. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. And uh, I want to take another break. When we come back, we're just going to bounce around the league really quick, uh, just kind of go through some of the names, uh, some some of the events that happened that interested Gordon and I. Uh, we'll be right back here on Pickaxe and Roll. Final segment here, pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here, joined as always by my esteemed colleague Gordon Gross. He is doing awesome. He has been uh, one of like just one of the most valuable people in terms of helping me get through the situation, uh, both as just entering Denver Stiffs as the site manager, and also even tonight where my power went out in my house and the house is ninety <laughs> degrees and. I'm trying to like figure out, hey, did Denver actually draft Bones Highland? Are they trading him? Like, what's going on here? Uh, and I'm literally in a uh, pitch black room, so things are going well. Yep, yeah, that was that was quite the. Again, draft night is is not always kind to you. I gotta say, it's good lord, man. I I need a vacation so bad. We're gonna we're gonna get one. I know it's gonna happen. I I just gotta I'm gonna speak it into existence. Like there it is. Ball. Well, there's gonna be a time where you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, there's we're gonna make sure there's no Nuggets news. We'll just call Tim and say as a personal favor to Ryan, just don't do anything for about four days. Thank God. Uh, let's bounce around the league here real quick, just as we wrap things up. Uh, I kind of paid attention to this draft through about the top 40, because that's about where I think the first round grades really end and the second round grades really begin. Uh, let's start at the top. Cade Cunningham going to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, they actually traded Mason Plumley tonight. I thought that was, that was kind of out of left field, but you think they're going to start uh, Isaiah Stewart beef stew? Um, I like Isaiah Stewart, so in my opinion, they should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cade going there. I wanted gonna... to draft him. I wanted him to be on the team and be backing up uh, Jokic and potentially paying next to him. So yeah, Isaiah was on my draft list last year. He's uh yeah that that was that's a that's a hoss right there. He's very big. He just built he like is a, a big tank. strong boy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he'll he'll be very interesting to watch. Uh, Cade Cunningham and and Jeremy Grant. That should be. Very interesting in Detroit. Uh, I put the over <laughs> under on Jeremy Grant seasons in Detroit now at one point five. Yep, that would be my assumption because there is no way they're blocking off that position uh, with Jeremy Grant, and there's no way that Jeremy Grant's going to be the featured piece that he wanted to be with Cade Cunningham there. In my opinion, now I love Cade. I think he's a, a tremendously uh, impressive player. He seems to be um, a very uh, mature person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I couldn't have imagined them picking anyone else in the draft other than, than him. So I think they made the right choice, and I expect Cade to be really good for a real long time, and I think that that's going to force them to figure something out when it comes to Jeremy Grant. He's somewhere on the spectrum of Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, and I'm not really sure where uh, – but I think that's the kind of player that he's going to be. I, I think and, it's I think it's I think it's more Tatum. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I think, and if if you get that guy as the number one overall pick, that's good. Like that's good enough. He's going to be all done NBA. You've done great. Yeah, yeah. He's an all NBA player who's going to be the face of your franchise for a decade. Don't worry about it. Like I I'm not sure that he's you know uh, he's the, like a LeBron's type generational player, but I don't think he needs to be. He's a he is a perfectly legit number one pick who will be great for a very long time. Jalen green to the Rockets, a two 
uh, Evan Mobley to the Cavs at three. Which one of those is more interesting to you? I I think Green is is going to be fascinating. I hope to have. I hope that they know how to use him. I really do. How would you use him? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, get rid of John Wall. Send him to Tahiti or something. Uh, make sure that he doesn't have the ball in his hands. That's that's my issue. Is that now? I understand you're, you. Maybe you drop a kid into the into the league with a lighter load, but. I mean, that guy is is your future, and um, in about a year, he'll be your present. So um, don't block him off. Interesting. I didn't take you for a Jalen Green guy. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, Scotty Barnes to the Raptors. That sort of kind of spiraled things with uh, Jalen Suggs going to Orlando. Uh, what do you think of Scotty Barnes and the fit there in Toronto? Um, I'm not sure how to answer that. <laughs> is there a fit in Toronto? Like, is is are they clearing the deck? What do you think? I I think it means they're going to be doing some trades. Honestly, I don't. I I think it's going to force their hand, and that's fine. It means that they found their guy, and that they're going to revamp around and retool the roster around that. Um, but I don't. I'm not sure that the fit. It's not. It's not a plug and play fit for me. Is it funny that they were in the rumors to go get Ben Simmons earlier this week, and so they decided to just get Scotty Barnes, which is the closest thing that they could get to Ben Simmons uh, in this draft? I, I, we're like, look, I ain't paying that price. I can get this guy at number four for nothing. Okay. like that's <laughs> Do that. I like Scotty Barnes. I think he's going to be really, really good. Uh, but he does need a – I think he needs a lead ball handler next to him to unlock his skills. I think um, that is probably correct. No, I mean, they've still got Van Vliet, right? Like, I haven't hallucinated yeah. that he's gone. So they should be okay there. What if they just re-signed Kyle Lowry? I think that'd be fine, personally, but I, I don't think they can afford Kyle Lowry. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like given thirty million, like that's that's a that's a large amount for Kyle. It, and it's a really huge good. chunk. Yeah, and I love Kyle. Kyle Kyle is somebody that a couple years ago I was advocating trading for that I, I wanted the Nuggets to go get Kyle Lowry back when the when the Nuggets were sniffed around. Um some other guards that decided not to sign here. I would have. <laughs> I think the D Wade era. That. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, that would have been fun. Uh, Suggs and Wagner to the Magic. I thought that they had a really great draft. Uh, the getting Magic, those two guys. The Very Magic cool. are just building like one of those teams that you build in your futures, you know, two K system, and you're like, look. This, this I'm just gonna take. <laughs> I'm just gonna sim this, and it'll be great. And you know, and I'm gonna win the title in 2028. And you're like, well, you might, you might do that. Like, if this all works out for you, you can't afford them all, but it looks awesome on paper. And that's that's really for me. I think the watching if the magic can get this fit to work is gonna be fascinating. They seem to have the right pieces. I I really do. I uh, I like the way that I don't think that the the guys that they picked are gonna rub each other the wrong way or like get in the way of uh, you haven't blocked anybody off with the guys you drafted. Um, and you still managed to get like the best player you could get at the time, which is impressive. I didn't realize that they have Mo Wagner on their roster. Yeah. What? Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. No, the okay. magic dude, the magic I have, I have laughed at the magic for like ever now, but 
they really seem to be turning it around. Like this whole tank and, and rebuild thing seems to finally be going their way. And I'm really happy for their fans. Me too. I can't, I can't wait to see this. Not necessarily this year. This year's probably going to be a mess, but like next year is going to be just absolutely fascinating. That's cool. That puts a smile on my face that they were able to get Franz Wagner and Mo Wagner on the same roster. I hope they keep Uh, it that way. That's pretty cool. Uh, they, They also have Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, Terrence Ross, Dwayne Bacon. And yeah, that's, and they just added, uh, uh, Jalen. uh, Yeah. I said Jalen Suggs, but like, that's a lot of guys. That's a lot of guards. It is. It is. And I, I, I don't expect like some of those guards to stay and I'm not sure what's going on with Gary Harris still. Mm. Um, but I think that they, I mean, they took Gary so that they could, they could get RJ Hampton and then they could go ahead and if they have to move Gary later, they probably can. They just have to rehab him and let him play a little and then you can move him on if you I want just, to. I just had the the realization that they still have Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac on the roster too. Well, I, no, no. Fultz and Isaac are still there, man. Oh. Like, <laughs> no, like they are loaded. Like yeah. the, the, the magic are really sitting pretty looking at, um, as far as being able to make their choices, you know, like in the way that Philly was loaded and they were like, wait, one of these guys sucks. And, you know, and then they, they throw their center away because he was terrible and that's fine. You could do that. You could afford a mistake when you're this loaded. The problem is you can't make your moves immediately because some guys take longer than six months to figure it out. So they're going to have to be patient down there in Orlando, but they really do seem like that's the making of something good. Uh, at six, OKC went with Josh Giddy. That was really surprising to me at the time, given that they have Shea. A little bit of duplication there, but hey, they don't care about being good, right? Like that's not their goal. Oh, they they don't, and they're again they're figuring it out, and they they picked a guy who's already been playing against pros. Yeah, like you know the thing is they 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 picked someone who um knows what the grind is like already. Um, so that shouldn't be an issue for him. Agreed. Um, uh, Davion Mitchell, like I, I actually, I actually really like, uh, I really like Giddy. Let me just get that out there. Like, I think he could be a really big yep. star. Uh, I think he did pretty good. Davion Mitchell at nine, a little bit of a reach, but like, uh, Kang's, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I feel bad for him. It's, it's not and Kings fans. It's not that he's not a really talented player. It's that, I'm not sure that the Kings have ever been the right place to develop anyone. So it puts him in a really difficult position because he needs some development. Zaire Williams to Memphis at 10. I'm just going to skip him and Book Knight, uh, who went to Charlotte. That'll be an interesting fit with LaMelo. Uh, Josh Primo at 12 to the San Antonio Spurs? What? I have no idea what they were thinking. If you're going to do that, trade back. Like you can get other assets. Like you could get you could get Josh later. You can let somebody else move up. You can get more assets and take that guy. If that's what you wanted to do, you could do it later. I don't know why you do that at twelve. Okay, so they have they drafted Devin Vass- Devin Vassell in twenty twenty last year. Yeah, a uh, couple of years ago in twenty eighteen they drafted uh, Lonnie Walker, who they still like. Uh, though he hasn't really played that much because they have a bunch of vets and like Patty Mills and DeMar DeRozan kind of blocked him. 
Um, yeah. And they also have Derek White and DeJounte Murray, who have both been kind of adjacent to trade talks lately. That's, that's I'm not really sure what the Spurs are doing. I have no idea. <laughs> um, I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, I, I can't see the plan. Like, I'm sure there is a plan because the Spurs always have a plan. They're very plan oriented and they have a system and they, you know, they draft guys for their system and all of that seems fine, but it doesn't make any sense to me right now. Is Popovich coming back to coach? Maybe one more year. Man, because I I thought that he wanted to finish it off with Team USA this year. Um. But we haven't heard any Spurs coaching news. Like they we would have heard, no, that, right? They like, haven't said anything. So my assumption is that he'll be back for another year, and then probably that Becky Hammond will get that job. Yeah, if it's not Becky Hammond's job, then I'll throw a fit. That's, that's if Becky great. Hammond cannot get the job in San Antonio, I am going to burn down about twenty nine offices in the in the NBA. The Warriors draft Jonathan Kaminga at seven, Moses Moody at 14. I like Moses Moody better than I like Jonathan Kaminga. Yep. Uh, but like uh, both of them adding that dynamic wing talent to a team like Golden State, where the wing talent really was what kind of let them down beyond having a true big uh, other than Draymond Green. Like they're dangerous. This is going to be interesting. They're not dangerous yet. Uh, <laughs> Kaminga's going to take a second. <laughs> Like, I'm, just, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop on the trade. Uh, there's in a trade which they, they move those young guys for an older guy that makes them dangerous. You are right yeah. about that. So like when you so when you say they're dangerous, I'm like, no, they have they got talent. That's fine. I I don't see them keeping both of those guys. Hmm. Um, uh, maybe not either of those guys, but certainly not both of those guys. Uh. I thought there was a whole lot of meh between the lotto and where the nuggets pick at 26. Like I thought that there were a lot of guys that were overdrafted or were just like, yeah, pencil them in like that. That kind of makes sense. Right. Like, yeah. I, anything well, stand I, out there? No. I mean, at that point I was just making sure that, you know, the guys that I was interested in got to Denver. So I was like, Oh good. A big, I don't care about that. Oh good. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. <laughs> they, they got to Denver. Uh, yeah. Thanks so to we'll, Denver. Bones Highland goes 26 to Denver. Uh, Camp Thomas goes to the Nets right after them. Jaden Springer goes to the Philadelphia 76ers right after them. Uh, any thoughts on Jaden Springer to Philly? I'm, I think he's a really good ad for them. Kind of seems like he's duplicative to a lot of the talent on their roster. I think they're going to move somebody. Yeah, they um, probably have I to, think, right? I think they didn't move Ben, but and I still don't. Uh, I think the 76 years are going to be in trouble because I think they're going to have some chemistry issues and I think they're going to know it. And either <laughs> now, <laughs> either now or at the deadline, they're going to have to do something to clean up that nonsense. So oh. if this was, so if this was the, um, like the first domino that they had to be like, okay, I have a replacement. He can like train for three months. He can play in the G league. You can do whatever. And then we will, you know, figure out our roster situation and then have a place for him to get minutes. I think Ben Simmons is gone by training camp. hundred percent. Like I think he I should just, be, but at their price, man, I don't, no one's paying that. No one's, no one's overpaying for Ben, even though Ben is a great player that you probably could overpay for. Yeah. I just, I don't see how you can throw a guy under the bus like that and then expect him to show up. It depends how much respect you have for him. Apparently they don't have a lot. Yeah. 
Uh, Deuce McBride goes to the New York Knicks at 36 in a trade. Uh, thought that was interesting. That's a really good fit. They also got Quentin Knicks Grimes fans, at 25. Yeah, well, and, and the thing is, Knicks fans are like, what? What are these two guys doing? And they duplicate what we already have. And I'm like, um, yeah, but when what you, do you look already at have? the habit, they don't have nothing. <laughs> When yeah. you when you look at well when you when you look at how you know Tibbs likes to break people, getting Grimes and uh, and McBride who both technically are kind of duplicating each other, um, it it makes your life interesting. They're they're built differently, um, but they're both defensive minded guys. Um, yeah, I, I think Tibbs will like them. I think those are definitely Tibbs picks. I think if one of those guys develops into a starter and one of them develops into a bench player, you feel pretty good. Um, like I could see either of them being a starter on a Tibbs team. Like if Deuce McBride was the point guard of a Tibbs team where they have RJ Barrett and Julius Randle, and maybe they also add somebody like DeMar DeRozan at the three, I think you feel pretty good about that, not having to put too much pressure on him. I'm just annoyed that the Knicks took two guys that I would have been okay with Denver taking. You know, <laughs> and they did it. They did it after we drafted. Well, they got Grimes at twenty-five. I'll, I'll give. They them did get Grimes at twenty-five. That's true. Yeah. Um, Jared Butler goes to New Orleans at forty. Uh, that was. That's a hard thing. That's that's the hard thing. Yeah, it's, like there are medical concerns there, and I think that and didn't they? It, he didn't go to New Orleans. So I mean, I know they drafted him, but didn't they trade him? Uh, I, I man, I it just it's all a blur. Uh, I certainly think that they drafted him but maybe i'm let me look at their let me look at their depth chart and see if uh see if that gives me any possible indication there but like i like jared butler like he seems like a really jared great butler fit. Went to the jazz oh that's a really great fit too yep. um f- crap okay yep. uh <laughs> so yeah the, the jazz outmaneuvered us so that's awesome um Sick. So yeah, it, it's it's been it was an it was an interesting night because other teams, I I thought the first half of the first round was really pretty solid. A couple of weird like picks like the San Antonio one aside, mm-hmm. um, it was really solid. Teams addressed their needs. They addressed good fits for themselves. You know, not the Kings because the Kings never do that, but other teams, you know, managed to get that fit right. They got good players that would help them out, be long term solutions. Um, some other teams moved around the draft a little bit and made some interesting choices. Um, but this draft for, for the nuggets, uh, like I said, they, they solved a problem, but it wasn't the number one problem that I had for them and watching other teams solve their number one problems makes Denver's job harder in the Western conference. I'm I'm rooting for Tim Connolly and company to prove me wrong because the player development staff for Denver has been really good at getting the most out of these guys and helping them get into a great place. And Bones Highland just just in we just talked to him the the media did and uh, he just seems like a ball of energy that's that's a very positive force that could really go if if they point him in the right direction and say hey you have to get to the gym. And it's not just playing basketball this time. Like you really have to put on some muscle. I think he could probably do that. Whether he does it in his first off season, it's, that's probably not going to happen. But like over the course of a year, you, you could see him being 180, 185. And then at that point, you're probably okay. I, I really do think that long-term, he's going to be a really good player. And I do think he's a Barton replacement. I do think that he gives you that. 
that scoring role he gives you he gives you probably more length than Barton does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he's mobile. He, you know, again, he's a baller. He's that kind of guy that gives you that energy because that dude is energetic. He loves waking up every day and playing basketball. <laughs> like that's that's good. Like the Nuggets, you you need a guy like that, especially. And again, I I view him as a bench player. Um, he views himself playing next to Murray. Uh, and if that happens, that's a terrific pick at twenty six. If he's capable of being a starting caliber player between MPJ and and Jamal, that's terrific. I just don't think their shots are there. I think he has to go to the bench to get his shots. Which, uh, given the way that I, if if I were running the Denver Nuggets, then I would rotate those starters as much as possible, and then have him be that consistent bench guy that all of them kind of play with and score with and figure some yep. stuff out with. And like, then you've you've got a good place for a scorer to reside. Uh, I just don't see starter in his future, and that's okay. Like, you don't have to get a starter at the pick. I was shooting. We don't have to be a starter, starter to be a impact player either. Like, yeah, yeah. If you if if he winds up pulling the thirty minute bench roll, that that's that you know that's legit, man. And I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he can't do that. I'm just saying if he's doing that, the Nuggets have a couple other problems still to solve to win a title, and we're running out of Jokic years to do it. Like that's that's my concern. I understand that some people think that Jokic is going to be here until he's forty and retire, and that's great. But I think that at some point you get tired of having to do everything, you know? Um, and if, and if Giannis calls him up and is like, yo, come on over, let's win two more titles with me. Why would Jokic have a problem doing that? If Doncic is like, Hey bro, roll down to, to Dallas. My guy will pay you, you know? Um, yeah. Will you love hanging out with me? We'll hang out together. We'll win some titles. Great. Um, do I think that other, that Jokic is recruiting other people to play here? Probably not. Not because he doesn't like it, but because that's not Jokic's way. Yeah. So the Nuggets are going to have to figure it out around him soon. Like you can't make go through four more years of this. Like you can't. So yeah. So my thing is the Nuggets are on the clock, and Two it more may years. take. Yeah, and, and it may take, you know, an, a year for Bones. Great. So we're putting everything, and then you have, you know, Murray coming back from the injury. So you're putting everything on next year, like not this coming year, but the one after. That's a lot of pressure, man, to fix a lot of problems in one year with no money. Not to mention, it sort of implies that they might take a step back this this coming year. So Yep, and they have no draft pick next year, so they can't yeah. even give themselves help with the draft. So we will actually, no, they have a, they have a first round pick next year. Uh, they have 2022. Uh, so that at least helps, I guess. Uh, we'll we'll see. But they they can't trade picks until about 2027. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, hard so, to make additions that way. But hey, let's let's stay positive here. The Nuggets got a guy that I think is going to be a fan favorite. That I think I people really like are gonna him. they're gonna root for him. They are going to enjoy the energy, the infectious energy that he plays with. He's a guy that's gonna go on personal 9-0 runs because he jacks up threes and <laughs> takes it from 30 feet. And if he's a guy that by the end of his second season is hitting 153s in a bench roll, like over the course of a year, like yep. hey, you take that. That's that's really really good. Why well, I, I think he I think he's he's definitely a second contract guy, and he's definitely a guy who's going to be in the league for a good you know eight ten years easy. So that's a win. If if you get that in the late first round, you won. 
So good job. Now I got to do the, the things that help the rest of your roster win a title. Uh, yep, because the Nuggets are there. This isn't for the future anymore. This isn't, well, who are we going to be in five years? This is who we're going to be next year. That's important, too. Yep. That is going to do it for this episode of Pick, Axe, and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Gordon, you've been a gem. He's at GMoneyNugs on Twitter. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your out of your day in order to do this. I know that it got late, and we went long again, man. We just we had to do it you- freaking again. Yeah, always, always. But no, good times. I'm glad that the uh, the Nuggets did not apparently draft Tyler Wide in the second, so that's good. And uh, now we can just enjoy watching him play for the Nuggets uh, and hope that Tim Connolly has a plan for the other stuff we need to do. We will see. Thank you so much, everybody. I will have more podcasts over the course of the next few days, uh, breaking down some of the other stuff in free agency. We will talk to you guys very soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.